Well, welcome back to the Wit and Whiskey cast for our fabulous Christmas special. I'm here, DJ, along with my co-host, Mark. And I'm here to tell you why you should love Christmas. And I'm here to tell you why it's an asinine, made-up holiday. So it should be, it should be in for a good ride. It's going to be something. It is so bloody cold here. I, what, did, did you guys get the same storm that we got that we're still digging out of? That we, you know, we got about 187 inches of snow down here. I mean, I think we were a little bit closer to like maybe two feet. Maybe we got two feet. I think there's still about two feet out in the yard and it's been melting the past couple of days. So God only knows. Yeah, it's, it wasn't that bad. I just made two passes with the snowblower, called it good. Some of us don't have snowblowers, and, you know, we paid for our last two, uh, well, I was going to say mild winters, but they weren't mild. They were awesome, and they were the way winter should be. Uh, but we, we paid for our last two winters all in one. We actually had more snow in one night this week than we did in the last two winters put together. It, it does shock me that there is a, a tool out there with an engine that you do not own. <laughs> well, to be fair, the old man has about three or four, and I could theoretically go and take one at any time. I just have never done so. Oh, man. It's so good. But anywho, dear listeners, we've been uh, gone. Season one's been done and over for a while. We've uh, been feed dropping some promos for the last month. But we wanted to come back and bring some holiday cheer to y'all. And uh, before we get going, let's let's make this a real episode. What you been up to in the in the last month, buddy? Uh, a lot of work. Uh, it's been hectic. It's uh, we're trying to get everything done with uh, grants, you know, with with uh, governments and paperwork. And uh, it, it's with the COVID. There's been a lot of money available if you know how to fill it out and get it. Uh, and it's it's wonderful in that way. The problem, and I use that term loosely, is that of course they want to know what you're spending your money on. And, of course, you have deadlines to not just spend the money, but to uh, provide proof that you spent said money. And while, for the most part, it's all been going rather swimmingly, uh, government just has to government sometimes. And we had one grant that the money was supposed to all have been spent and the paperwork uh, filled out uh, the end of uh, October. Uh, Halloween was actually supposed to be the date. We didn't even find out that we were getting the grant until the 20th of October. And oh, we, well. didn't rec- we didn't receive the money until the 14th of November. So, <laughs> you know, it was a little interesting there. So we had to provide some hypotheticals and things. But, uh, you know, get ready for that and just trying to put up with the wife. Because she's another one like you, you know, that... Both you and her, I think, were extras and elf. <laughs> uh, you know, you just you crumple up a candy cane, you do lines of it on a mirror somewhere, and you just go to town. So, <laughs> uh, you know, trying to put up with her and just trying to stay in the bloody house. The the numbers here are surging again. Pennsylvania is just in flames when it's not snow covered. Uh, I'm a crotchety old man to begin with. So I'm just trying to stay in the house and avoid everybody at all costs. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. What about you? You're probably much more enjoying the last, you know, four or five weeks than I have been. Oh, I have been. I mean, as soon as Thanksgiving was over, I I was pulling out all my Christmas albums. I was watching Christmas movies. Um, My wife and I are big fans of Doctor Who, so we make it a Christmas tradition now to 
uh, watch our way through all of the uh, Doctor Who Christmas specials, and we always save our two favorites. Um, they, there's an episode, I, call, I think it's called Voyage of the Damned or something like that, where it's like uh, Space ti- Titanic. It's basically, um, you ever seen, what is it, The Poseidon Adventure or whatever it is, that old movie? The wife was actually watching that last night, as a matter of fact. What are the oh, odds nice. of that? Yeah, so it's like the Doctor Who version of that in space. So uh, that's a good one. And then uh, my personal favorite is the uh, the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. Um, so it will, we'll be saving those probably for a little bit uh, before Christmas this week. But yeah, getting ready for the holiday. We've um, you know, with, with everything going on and, you know, New Hampshire's been spiking as well. We don't, we haven't quite spiked enough for our government, um, for the governor to shut us down or lock us down again, but, uh, it's been a near thing. So, you know, we've just, uh, been trying to stay home as much as possible and, um, you know, trying to figure out good ways of sharing the holiday with family and friends when we can't see them. So, um, I, I can I can honestly say I shopped a lot less for Christmas this year and uh, I I don't know that I saved any money I think I just kind of spoiled Holly Rotten. Well, that's that's acceptable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, not even I can bah humbug that too too much. <laughs> um, you know, I did all my shopping online as I normally do on Cyber Monday and I still have packages that are not cut here from Cyber Monday. Nice. And uh, you know, the US Post Office is basically just like what packages? So, you know, hey, it is what it is. Um Yeah, that's fair. You can't really there's nothing really you could do about it at this point in the year. So here we are. Here now, we are. Now, we, we are going to review a drink this week, ladies and gentlemen. And for the first time, we're reviewing the same drink. Well, sort of. <laughs> it's an old gag with a new twist. It is. Or maybe, or maybe it's, a, it's a new gag with an old twist. I haven't really decided yet. Uh, as you may remember from back when we were still recording, I got, I think it was like the third or fourth episode only, DJ found a recipe for eggnog in which he had to can it something like 1,100 days before he could open it, something along those oh, lines. Oh, no, it was two months. And, uh, you know, he was busily preparing that and had it down in a bunker somewhere, getting it ready. I have never had eggnog. I am 34 years, one month, and eight days old as we record I, I this. Can't, I can't fucking believe you've never had eggnog. I've never had eggnog. So I went to the grocery store yesterday, and I wandered around and you know found some poor 16-year-old kid with a mask on and basically said, where is your nog that comes from eggs? Oh, my God. And, and he motioned to a, a case with that was surprisingly picked clean. Apparently, this is popular. Yes. Eggnog's uh, amazing. And so they, you know, I sort of stood there like a man in the uh, feminine hygiene products aisle, just staring blankly because I didn't know what any of it was until I saw a logo that even I recognized. And it was the logo for Southern Comfort. Oh, my God. Um, So I I bought a quart, I believe it is, of Southern Comfort eggnog. Uh, It's not alcoholic, but it's supposed to taste like SoCo. But I do have some real SoCo here to put in it. So uh, fear not with that. But, I, yeah, I have never never had it. I have a glass of it sitting here in front of me. I don't like the look of it. 
I don't know. much care for the smell of it either, if we're being brutally honest. You're such a grumpy guess. Um, so I'm not expecting to like this, but so I, I have a little store brought, you know, quasi name brand. Uh, tell us about your chemistry experiment. It's two months in at this point. Yes, yes. So I'm uh, I'm looking at the picture. I'm see- trying to see if I can zoom in on the picture at all um, because I did put a date on the label. And it looks like it was November 7th when I made the eggnog. So I've had this aging in my cocktail mini fridge for just about two months. And I tried it at Thanksgiving. It was pretty good. It it, it was solid. It was good eggnog. Um, But it is completely different now. There's something about like that second month of aging that just gives it that like rich... Oh, man, it's so good. That rich eggnog taste. Now, my history with eggnog is I've been drinking it for as long as I can remember at the holidays because um, I grew up in a family that was very pro-Christmas. So we always had eggnog and and, uh, lots of other, you know, food and and drink traditions. This is the first time uh, I've ever made eggnog with liquor, though. Wait, there's other ways. See, I, I feel I must clarify a few points. Number one, my family is actually very pro-Christmas. I'm the black sheep and, and, and uh, quite ostracized from my viewpoints. Um, and number two, there has always been eggnog in my house, but I'm very confused. Because I was very confused in the grocery store when it, when it said that it was non-alcoholic. I didn't know non-alcoholic eggnog was a thing. Oh, yeah. I thought, I thought that was the whole gimmick with eggnog. No, that, that I mean, I've been, I've been drinking eggnog since I was like six or seven, like... And that, that is, you can't have whiskey eggnog at that point. So, no, um, I my personal favorite is the golden eggnog from Hood. So that's what I would traditionally get at the holidays. And I would usually cut it like half and half with some, some milk and, you know, make it not quite so heavy um, as a kid. Yes, because it is rather thick. As I, as I sit here and swirl it in the glass, it is rather thick. It is. It's definitely thick. Um, but this recipe I found, now, I mean found it's it's alton brown's recipe so if anybody uh is a fan of good eats uh out there that they've probably seen this recipe before it's uh 12 egg yolks and sugar and heavy cream like this is not a my my heart does not want to drink this all year round (laughs) um but you finish it off with a cup each of jamaican rum uh bourbon and brandy and it okay. makes it makes about three quarters of a gallon. So that's a fair amount of liquor. Yeah, that's that's quite a bit, actually. Yeah. So uh, for for this specific recipe, this specific iteration of it, um, I brought back the Boulard uh, Calavados um, uh, VSOP brandy that I had, and then I uh, dropped in some uh, Mount Gay Jamaican rum and uh, some Knob Creek. So pretty standard stuff out there. Uh, I, I kind of bumped up the, the brandy a little bit since I wanted to get something really nice for this recipe that was going to take two months before I could tell if it was any good. Um, and it's it's delicious. It's thick. It's creamy. It's wonderful. It's boozy. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty comfortable after a glass. Um, so, yeah, it's great. Uh, I will definitely be making this recipe every year going forward. Well, there we have it. All right, so I guess this is the moment of truth now. I guess I have to attempt to drink this, huh? Yeah. Now, while Mark is is pouring, I should note 
that like me being the Christmas elf that I am, uh, there's a great scene in the uh, Albert Finney Scrooge movie where the ghost of Christmas present drinks the milk of human kindness, and I always just kind of assumed it was eggnog. <laughs> what was it in Fallout? Wasn't that a side quest? You had to get the milk of human kindness? What did it end up being? I don't even remember. I, I don't know. Probably mutant blood or something. All right, so I guess I'll try this first without the liquor to, to see, one, how it tastes like, and two, to see how close to SoCo it actually tastes, and then I'll put the SoCo in. Oh, Jesus. All right, here we go. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay, that's that's actually not as terrible as I thought it was going to be. It's good. It's like vanilla-y and rich. I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's good. Um, it's edible. It's very thick. You can almost chew it. It's almost like malk, actually. <laughs> it has a very strong cinnamon aftertaste. It does, yeah. I mean, uh, I generally put nutmeg in mine, but yeah, I mean, it's all of the Christmas spices. Um, that That's actually not terrible. I, I don't know if I'll have any more of the carton, but... Uh, the wife is, well, assuming there's any left, the wife was tap waiting. She wanted to open it yesterday when I brought it home, and I had to tell her no, it was for the podcast. All right. <laughs> so that was without the liquor. Let's add the shot and a half of SoCo here. And So was there any, like, SoCo aftertones? or No, it doesn't taste like SoCo at all, actually. Which, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I was expecting, if we're being brutally honest. Non-alcoholic SoCo is pretty much just sugar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, okay, here we go. Okay, it's much better with soap. <laughs> yeah, of course you would say that. No, it actually, it tastes, it kind of tastes like a melted uh, milkshake now. Mm-hmm. Because the SoCo kind of thinned it out a little bit. Because I think that was my problem was it was just too thick. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've been drinking it for years, so I don't have a problem drinking it straight. But I def- definitely, most of the time during the holidays, I'll cut it with a little milk or um, just... You know, just to like, it's a lot. It's very filling, so I don't generally drink glass after glass of eggnog. I'm not gonna lie, actually, with, with some SoCo in it, I might drink more of it. Mm. <laughs> that's that's not bad, actually. So it went from edible to uh, all right. And and what was the magic ingredient, ladies and gentlemen? As we've been saying for now 16 weeks in the podcast, it's liquor. <laughs> it is. It's always liquor. It is. Yeah, I can attest. The, this uh, eggnog is definitely amped up a bit when you add some liquor to it. Now, is there any? See, you're the expert on this, so I have to defer to you. Aside from just tradition, is there any reason why it is a seasonal drink? Um, you know, is there some tie into Christmas that I don't know about? I mean, I, well, after having made eggnog from scratch, I can attest to the fact that this, I, I mean, there's probably some history here that you can dig up for us later, but um, I would be willing to bet that the actual making of eggnog took most of the, the farming seasons. Like yeah, if you, I mean that that would make sense. Yeah, like if you think about it, like I I don't know a ton about chickens, but I have to imagine they're not laying a ton of eggs in winter. <laughs> um, no, that's generally not how that works. Yeah, so I mean, I there's probably some tie-ins with 
um, you know, harvest season and you make the eggnog and it ages for a couple months and then you have this like rich treat at the, the end of the season. I am not speaking from any sort of historical context. Um, and maybe uh, Mark and I can put something up on the blog to say, hey, we found this about eggnog in case you're curious. But um, Yeah, maybe I'll do a little research tomorrow. And I'm, I'm at the house. I have to let the, uh, the workers in. They're going to start on the downstairs bathroom. So maybe I'll retire to the uh, 1821 Summer Kitchen Studios where I have my laptop set up and maybe see what I can dig up. Very nice. So, yeah, uh, well, I, eggnog. I'm feeling a little bit more Christmassy. Eggnog, uh, surprisingly not awful. Um, yeah, so that was that was pleasant. That was, because uh, I, I was really dreading that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, I mean, I know some people who really hate it, um, but I am one that as soon as, like, Starbucks has all their Christmas flavors, I'm getting, like, the eggnog frappuccinos. I'm getting the... the um, you know, ch- the the roasted chestnut lattes. Like I, I'm all for it. Like just just give me all the holiday flavors. Um, Mark, you might hate this aspect though. Hood has in the last like ten years or so started putting out uh, flavored eggnog, and okay. uh, the two most popular ones are pumpkin spice and I think sugar cookie. Well, sugar cookie, I can almost understand. I mean, that is a Christmas thing, you know. Pumpkin spice, I will, I will never understand the obsession with pumpkins and/or pumpkin spice. Uh, That's fine. You're wrong. We can move on. I mean, I mean, it's it's capitalism at work. They know it's going to sell, and yeah. you know, I I can't argue with that. But yeah, so I mean, eggnog is just the first part of Christmas traditions, right? So I, I know you've done some research. Oh, yes, I have many dates. And uh, rather than... I, I have I have years, because uh, to offset Mark telling us how terrible Christmas is, uh, I'm going to recommend some Christmas music, some Christmas movies, talk about some Christmas traditions that we both have, uh, have had with our families growing up, all sorts of good stuff. So why don't you hit us with y- your first Grinch fact today? Well, uh, I think it's just, you know... Going back to winter, you know, uh, it's it's so dark. You know, the sun sets about two thirty nine in the afternoon anymore. You know, and the sun doesn't rise till about nine thirty. Uh, it's so cold, and so it's like, why is Christmas uh, in December? Why is it on December twenty fifth? Do you know the answer to this, DJ? Um, I mean, I know there's some vague things about Samhain and, like, the winter solstice and the need to kind of bolster, uh, like, morale through the end of the hardest season of the year, but that's, I mean, I don't have any dates or facts there. Well, unfortunately, uh, my boys have to take the L on this one, the Romans. (laughs) Uh, More specifically, one... uh, one Roman in particular, Constantine, Constantine the Great. Uh, long before he joined the Justice League, uh, he was a Roman emperor. Eh? Eh? No? Okay. We'll good, move pull, on. good pull. Good uh, pull. We'll move on. So uh, he converted the, the entire Roman Empire to Christianity. And then uh, in 336 CE, or AD, if you're using the, the old uh, lingo, he moved... Uh, Christmas to December 25th 
And uh, that was to tie in with the Saturnalia, with the Solstice, as you said. And part of it was for uh, morale purposes, but a good chunk of it was Constantine just didn't want, you know, people celebrating a pagan holiday. Uh, and, you know, so you have a, a big uh, part of that. Later on, the church came and uh, basically reaffirmed the December 25th date, and that's why you have the Annunciation in March and everything sort of short timeline of nine months. Uh, we don't really know when Jesus was born, you know, the, the historical person of Jesus, because, of course, there is no year zero in the Common Era. True. And even, even if there was... Uh, the Gregorians kind of were wrong. They, you know, <laughs> they they missed a few years. Uh, we we think it may have been something around six or seven uh, CE, but we we don't know for sure. And uh, the best evidence we have, what little of it that there is, uh, was actually Jesus may have been born in August. Well, what is now August? Uh, but again, that's you know very flimsy and just pieced together with a, you know the few things that we do know. Uh, so you have that, you know, to begin with. It, it's not really uh, a, a crisp, it's not really a uh, uh, winter holiday to begin with. And really, if we're sticking with religion, although, as we'll talk about later, it's pretty much lost all of its religious connotations. But if we're sticking with religion, it's not even the most important holiday in the Christian calendar. That, that would be Easter. Yeah, no, fair. Uh, so, you know, it, it sort of has, it, it, it's got disproportionate billing, if you will. It does. But all right, so we'll start off with that. So blame Constantine, everyone, but it's okay. His town isn't named after him anymore. It's Istanbul now, so, you know, I guess we're even. Yeah, I have to do a retcon because I said Sam Hine when I meant Saturnalia, and I don't want to get tweeted at. I knew what you meant, for what it's <laughs> worth. But Eo Saturnalia. Yeah, yeah. And and that all kind of jives. I mean, I, I remember going to Catholic school and kind of learning about, like, church history and the, the Roman push to kind of, um, you know, it kind of overtake the, the pagan holiday. And, and so they kind of linked a lot of, like, Christian and Roman shit to it. And, and you know, that's how we, we ended up with this. So I uh, don't want to talk about history. I want to talk about Christmas food. Okay. So, uh, growing up, Mark, like, what kinds of things did you and your family eat that was, like, special to Christmas? Well, uh, Christmas Day wasn't really anything in particular. Um, you know, it was just, we'd go over my one grandmother's and, you know, have ham and kielbasa and turkey and mashed potatoes and yada, 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 yada. Uh, but Christmas Eve was when it would get interesting uh, because my grandmother would do uh, the Feast of the Seven Fishes, oh, my wow. Italian grandmother. Uh, I am primarily of Italian descent, uh, although, you know, there is Polish and German in me as well, but I'm probably about two-thirds, three-quarters Italian. Nice. Uh, so, you know, you get the... Uh, you have the pasta, you have clams, you have squid, you have eels, uh, you have fish, fish. God, I can't remember what all seven of them are. I'm going to get slapped at the top of my head. 
Um, and we would do that every year. By, uh, you know, maybe about t- 10 years ago or so, uh, a few years after my uncle passed away, we finally convinced my grandmother to cut down <laughs> and not do all seven because there's less of us and some of us don't eat eel. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but it still, it still is a fun little tradition. And I mean, you know, her, uh, her house would, would smell of a seafood market for a good, you know, two weeks. Well into January, you, you could still smell the remnants of it. Uh, this year, actually, with uh, the coronavirus, this is the first year that I've been alive. It's the first year in three and a half decades she's not doing it. Oh, wow. Uh, in some form, in some, you know, modified form or another. Uh, she took it pretty well, all things considered, for a stubborn 86-year-old Italian woman. Uh, but I know it was a pretty big sacrifice on her part. But really, food-wise, that was really the only, uh, you know, major tradition. My mother would bake. My mother's a very good baker, but it, it would just, it would vary wildly. Some years she'd make snowballs. Some years she'd make sugar cookies. Some years she'd make uh, anise cookies. You know, there was no real rhyme or reason. It was whatever she had the ingredients for and the time. Um, uh, one Christmas thing I actually do like, DJ, and you may not know this, um, but I am strongly in the minority. Apparently everyone else on Earth hates it, at least here in Pennsylvania, is I love gingerbread. Oh, I love gingerbread. I, I am a huge fan of gingerbread. I'm a huge fan of just anything, you know, gingerbready, and also snickerdoodles. I like snickerdoodles. Uh, they are an old uh, colonial American recipe, and they're very tasty. So I do like Christmas cookies, which, you know, if you've ever seen my, my girlish figure, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can, you can attest to that. Um, but usually uh, my mother didn't, doesn't usually make gingerbread men because I'm pretty much the only one that eats them. Although the last couple of years she has bought me a gingerbread house, which I go and, you know, dissect with great pleasure. Very nice. I what love, about you? I love me some gingerbread. Um, so... My family traditions were a little bit scattered, so my grandparents lived like an hour, hour and 20 minutes away down in Mass, so uh, we kind of had like the split tradition, right? Like we had, you know, Christmas Eve with my grandparents, Christmas Day, you know, at, at my house, and so Christmas Eve, um, I, you know, the, the party would go until like one in the morning every year, and, and it was always, it was just... Uh, you know, my dad is one of five siblings and, uh, you know, before, you know, the last like probably seven, eight years, uh, it was a lot bigger of a, of a to do, you know, all of the, uh, extend, you know, all of my, my dad's cousins would come and my great aunt would come and it, it would just, you know, there'd be like 50 people at my grandmother's house and, uh, my grandmother would do like a two stage meal. So there would be one meal at like six or seven and then one meal at midnight. Yeah. Okay. So the meal at six or seven would be, you know, like ham and chicken salad and little sandwiches, some sort of pasta dish, um, you know, pies and, and, uh, there would be some, some ham, you know, there would be all sorts of good stuff you could eat. And then at midnight, she pulled out the lobsters. <laughs> very New England tradition. Um, you know, my my family is very Canadian, very 
I think I think my great grandparents were the ones who kind of emigrated into the U.S. Um, I might I might have like one step off, but um, you know my both my grandparents grew up speaking French. Um, my dad grew up speaking French, so uh, I I'm kind of like the first generation that I know of who did who like primarily grew up speaking English and it's all like Canadian things right so uh there's a there would always be the Coton um pork spread that my grandmother makes which is absolutely delicious and then they'd pull out like the New England tradition they get out the lobsters and they bring back out the ham and uh you know just uh, uh <laughs> clarify a ton of butter uh, all sorts of good <laughs> stuff so at midnight uh, all the grandkids would get into their PJs and we go have, you know, lobster. I'm not a big lobster fan. I, I wish I was. I just, I, I never got a taste for it. So I, I'd always sit in the corner with, with ham while everybody else was eating lobster. Uh, <laughs> I wish, yeah, I, I wish I, I loved I, it, but. I'm not a big lobster fan either. A, a few years ago, uh, the wife and I got reservations for Valentine's Day at a pretty swanky Italian joint. And I got an order of tripe, and she got a whole lobster, and we sat across the table from each other and grossed each other out. So. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I mean, I, it was always a really great dinner at my grandmother's house. And then we'd get get home, you know, 1, 2 in the morning, and uh, my mom would have, um, you know those, like, Pillsbury Quick Breads? Yes. Uh, my mom would always have like four or five like huge Pillsbury quick bread loaves for Christmas morning. Just like blueberry, apple cinnamon, banana, cranberry. And the, there'd always be one that we never touched. I think it was always cranberry. Communists. Yeah. I dug right into that. Yeah. Um, my, my brothers and I never, ever, ever liked cranberry. And finally, I think when I was in high school, my mom was like, fuck, I'm not doing cranberry anymore. <laughs> you guys never eat it. So... Uh, but there was always quick breads, and then there was always eggnog, and there was um, uh, like sparkling cider, and and all sorts of good stuff. Um, later on, my parents would do like you know, my mom got really into like spiral hams and popovers and all sorts of crazy stuff. So like the tradition grew over time, but it, for me, it was always the Pillsbury quick breads. <laughs> now, did you have? You know, since this is the W and W, that doesn't necessarily have to be whiskey. But did you have any traditional uh, alcohol that you would have for Christmas? You know, it, it's really it, it's really funny because I never started. I didn't start drinking till I was twenty three, and my parents, um, you know, my my mom went through some stuff and and had to get sober. But um, I, like my dad was never my, more than like a wine cooler guy. So there weren't any really, like, traditional liquors growing up. See, Christmas, more specifically Christmas Eve, was one of the few times when uh, the Rossettis would actually class it up a little bit. Uh, we are from Tuscany, uh, so we would indulge in the only thing besides the Leaning Tower of Pisa that Tuscany is really known for, and that's Chianti. Very nice. And that's another thing that, you know, you tell that to most wine snobs and they just kind of go, ugh. Uh, to, to this day, usually when people get a wine basket, if there's a bottle of Chianti in it, it shows up on my front porch a few days later because I'm pretty much the only person that most people know that drinks it. Um, <laughs> nice. But that actually comes from Christmas. It was like, hey, this actually isn't bad. And then I remember, you know, God, I think I was 
well, I must have been 21 because I was buying it myself, but, uh, you know, going and buying a regular bottle of wine and not really knowing the difference and bringing it home, and I'm like, this is awful. Where's this stuff we had for Christmas? And they're like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I, I think I'm a bit of an outlier in both my extended family and my immediate family because most of the people in my family are like beer or wine people, and I think I'm the only one who's like whiskey. Just give me a glass of whiskey. I'm good. Put me in the corner of a glass of whiskey. I'll be happy. Just leave me with a few stones. I'm going to sit here and sip. <laughs> yep, exactly. All right, throw us your next Grinch fact. Well, uh, God, next Grinch fact. We, we already did... The date, uh, well, uh, I guess we can get into very briefly because I don't have the time to regurgitate the very good 90-minute lecture that I sat through on it, but let's talk a little bit about Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Mm. Let's. Uh, you know, it's, uh, well, I guess the, the next Grinch fact would be that at least in America... Christmas is a very modern holiday. It Incredibly is. modern holiday. I mean, the, the traditional, uh, what we consider Santa Claus was like Coca-Cola, wasn't it? Correct. But but even before that, um, you know, we actually, at the, here at the Historical Society, we used, this year, we didn't do it, obviously, because of the virus, but every year we used to do a sort of Christmas traditions through time. And it wasn't really, uh, you know, it was the first four or five decades of this country's existence, we didn't even celebrate Christmas. Um, you know, immigrants did, especially German immigrants, but for the most part, uh, Americans just didn't celebrate Christmas. It was just another day. Uh, then, you know, little, little, little by little by little by little, you know, you'd have some garland and maybe some holly berries. And then the uh, Germans especially, and the Catholics uh, brought in the concept of a Christmas tree. Hell Yeah. Mm-hmm. We used to do uh, living history where the and every year the person I'd be portraying was a Methodist. So I would make a joke about having a Christmas tree that we weren't even bloody papists. <laughs> and that would usually get a pretty good pop from the, the little bit of an audience that we had. Uh, so but that really wasn't until uh, the Victorian era, especially in the Northeast. Bigger cities adapted a little bit quicker, obviously. But, you know, uh, for the most part, it wasn't really until the Victorian era. Uh, and then, as you said, the modern 20th century, we, you know, you begin to see uh, more of a celebration of it. It's part of the labor movement. You know, you want to have holidays off. Uh, and then the 1950s, 1960s, Coca-Cola gives us modern Santa Claus, uh, which they've now kind of ditched for the polar bears, which is ironic. <laughs> uh, but they created that. Uh, it exists earlier. You know, the Germans talk about Santa Claus. Uh, which was the same basic concept, uh, and of course, you know, you had you had your various versions of Santa Claus, Santa Claus for the good little boys and girls, and we all know who you had for the bad little boys and girls, don't we, DJ? Krampus. We had Krampus, uh, you know, who would come and take the children and put them in his bag, and you know go and eat them or do all sorts of various things, depending on what version of the legend. Or if you're a fan of The Office, Belschnickel. Sure, we'll (laughs) go with that. Somebody Uh, out there laughed. Somebody did laugh. Somebody got a pop from that. Uh, If you know what the hell DJ's talking about, email us at thewittenwhiskey (laughs) at gmail. No. Uh, No, that's that's terrible. That's terrible. Um, 
but no, so yeah, really uh, just, you know, America, of course, is a very new country. I mean, you know, we're not even 300 years old. But Christmas as a celebration is eh, 180 years old, maybe. Because you figure 200 years old would be 1820. Yeah, so it wouldn't even be that much. So yeah, 180 years old, 175 years old. It's a very new phenomenon in America. I mean... New. Nobody alive today remembers pre-Christmas, so new well, is a relative term here. You're right. I mean, I'm a historian. I mean, 175 years to me is a snap and a snap of the fingers. I mean, I, I can cover 175 years in a 15 minutes of a 45 minute lecture. So to me, that's nothing. That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I knew most of that stuff. Um, I mean, I'm I'm gonna get into like some media recommendations here and. Um, like the, the ideal of the Santa Claus in the suit with the hat and the beard was already established by the time Miracle on 34th Street was made in the 40s. Yes, it was. Um, although it wasn't very popular. Now that was, Miracle on 34th Street is interesting and I won't steal too much of your thunder, but that helped spread it around too. Oh yeah, of course. And, and that is... That has sort of fallen by the wayside, actually. That, that doesn't really get as much credit as it deserves. I mean, as I just showed, you know, I, I neglected to mention it. I'm guilty of it just as everybody else. Uh, but that that is an interesting one. But all right, you do your media recommendations. And then believe it or not, I have a few as well. <laughs> that, that That's going to be fun. <laughs> but you do yours first. All right. So uh, I, I actually went through my music collection and realized that I had just dozens and dozens of albums of Christmas music. And uh, we'd be here all day if I wanted to talk about that. So I'm going to start with music. And instead of recommending albums, I'm, j- I'm going to recommend songs. Well, that's good, because I have a list of songs. Good. So uh, I assume your songs are probably pre-2000. Uh, four of them are. Okay. So all of my Christmas music recommendations are 2000 and on because I did find it kind of frustrating when I got to like high school, college, and I could not find Christmas music that just wasn't the same stuff that the radio plays every year. I will say one thing, though. Yes. Before you start, I swear to fuck. If you pick a Mariah Carey song, no. I'm ending this call right no, now. There, there are no Mariah Carey songs on this list. See, that's Grinch fact number three. Mariah Carey would not be relevant if it wasn't for Christmas. <laughs> and that's just a fact, folks. But all right, go ahead. All right, so my first song, uh, I'm going to go a little cheesy here. Uh, year 2000, NSYNC puts out a Christmas uh, album and puts out Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, which weirdly entered the zeitgeist and keeps getting played year after year. But it is my first favorite Christmas song. Wait, time out. Back up. Yes. In sync. In sync. They put out a Christmas album. Yep, in 2000. Same year Millennium came out by the Backstreet Boys. Okay, I wasn't aware of this, but go ahead. And Sync has a Christmas album called Home for the Holidays, and the first song is Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. And in 2016, Pentatonix did a cover of that song because that's that's how it got popular. It just got that popular. It just everybody was listening to it. You damn kids. All right, what's your second song? Okay, so my second two songs, uh, both put out in 2010, 
both by electronic artists. The first one is Owl City's Peppermint Winter. Very, very good. And the second one is uh, Lights's My Boots. Both are just about being a kid in winter, and uh, Lights is from Canada, so she's kind of got an interesting perspective on it. So, two. 2010, Owl City and Lights, Peppermint Winter, and My Boots. All right, we're 0 for 3. I've never heard of any of these. Yeah, I figured as much. My fourth one is uh, Pentatonix now has, I believe, two, possibly three Christmas albums. Uh, Pentatonix is an a cappella group that is very, very good. And uh, in 2014, they put out their first Christmas album. My favorite song on that album is called White Winter Hymnal. Okay. And my last song, uh, I, I miscounted. I have five instead of six. My last song is a 2016 cover of Bing Crosby's Marshmallow World by Steam Powered Giraffe. Okay. <laughs> Highly recommend it. It's fantastic. All five of those great Christmas songs. What about you? Well, all right, I'm pulling up a few dates here because I have my list, but I, I don't have uh, dates. But we, we can start with what I'm sorry to this day is still the absolute greatest Christmas song of all time, and that's uh, Christmas Don't Be Late by Alvin and the Chipmunks. That's very good. Uh, that is one of the albums I was looking at. Uh, well, the album was released in 1962. I believe the song was 57 or 58 because it references the hula hoop, which was the number one toy in America in the late 50s. Uh, one song that was 1957, Elvis, Blue Christmas. Just a great song. I love Elvis. Elvis is just so good, and it's one of those few Christmas songs that can make even me uh, you know, sing along to. Uh, let me get the date of it here. I don't know. Well, we could skip this one and go to the next one. Uh, one from actually last year, 2019. Um, Small Town Titans did a cover of The Grinch Song. Oh, nice. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Small Town Titans is a metal band of some variety. I'm not going to get into all the million genres of metal. Uh, but imagine the Grinch theme song with metal vocals. That's oh, all that's you need to good. know. Um, Blue uh, Christmas was 1957. Thank you. But I'm actually looking at this one. Okay, 19. Well, it was recorded in 1994. It was released in 1996. Weird Al Yankovic, The Night Santa Went Crazy. <laughs> uh, you can't play it a lot anymore. <laughs> For, uh, for reasons. For reasons. It, it, it doesn't really uh, get over very well, but uh, just listen to it on your own time. You'll enjoy it. With some uh, headphones. Yeah, preferably with some headphones, or, or if you're by yourself. Yeah. Uh, the next one, I don't know the year of, because it's another parody, but the uh, we were talking about you know being an Italian before the 12 Guido Days of Christmas. It's on YouTube. Uh, if you're of Italian-American descent and you can laugh at yourself, just listen to it. It is absolutely hysterical. I was playing it for the wife, and she's like, yeah, you were like seven of these because it's just 12 stereotypes. <laughs> and then the last one, it's a great song, but it's another song we just can't play anymore because the world is just too PC. Uh, Dean Martin, baby, it's cold outside. Yeah. Such a great song. It's a good song. It's 
it's problematic today. I think we can all agree that it's problematic. It's only problematic if you read too much into it. Because it's definitely not... uh, We're definitely looking at it with modern eyes. We're implying a lot that isn't implied in the song. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't mind listening to it. I don't really think too hard when I listen to it, but it's definitely, I mean, it's polarized society. Oh no, it's very polarizing. Um, you know, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, but it's it's it, it's a shame because it's one of the few good things about Christmas, and now we can't do it anymore. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, so okay, those are my song lists. What do you have next? Uh, I got movies. Mm. The fact that you put an S on that sentence already has me worried, but go ahead. Uh, So I had to narrow my list down because I watch dozens of movies uh, at Christmas time. Uh, Like I mentioned, the Doctor Who Christmas specials are all all great if you're a Doctor Who fan. You watch the Hallmark Network, don't you? I don't. I don't. Though this year I am going to watch Christmas Prince on Netflix. So that's basically a Hallmark movie. Another thing, I don't even know what the fuck that is, but all right, go ahead. Uh, all right, so I picked I picked four of my favorite. I, I'm adding a fifth one. I just have to look up the date. Um, but I'm I picked four, and the first one is Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, nineteen forty seven. I I love it. Uh, did you do any research on this one? No, no, not not really. Because well, we'll get to my movie list. <laughs> So, uh, 1947, uh, Miracle on 34th Street, it's been remade, it's been redone, uh, but the original had uh, Natalie Wood as a child in it. She's adorable. It's a, uh, it, it's, you know, a traditional Christmas movie meets, like, 12 Angry Men. You know, it, it's, it's an interesting uh, story to tell. It, it always makes me laugh. Um, I, I, I love the final scenes of the movie. It's just fantastic. So uh, Miracle on 34th Street is great. Uh, I mean, I'm sure the Macy's company did not mind that movie being made too, too much. Uh, The only fact that I did find out is that uh, in the movie, the head of Macy's was R.H. Macy, and he had been dead for 60 years, and the Macy's family had already sold the company by the time this movie came out. Yeah, well, you know. You know, it, interesting. It, it, you know, it doesn't really ruin the movie at all, but it's it's interesting. Um, my second one is Scrooge uh, with Albert Finney, uh, particularly the Albert Finney and Alec Guinness um, movie because it's got some really great musical numbers. Albert Finney plays a fantastic Scrooge. It's my best. It's my favorite iteration about it. My sister and I argue about this every year because I say Albert Finney Scrooge and she says the Muppets uh, Christmas Carol. Um, uh, You know, whatever version of the Christmas Carol you like, it's my personal favorite. Uh, But the same year, we got the claymation Santa Claus is Coming to Town. So it's like a weirdly good year for Christmas movies. I'm just still chuckling to myself because if you listen to our most recent season two trailer where we have guests on, uh, DJ is going on and on and on about Albert Finney Scrooge and none of the rest of us, all three of us, have any clue what he's even talking about. Yeah, apparently nobody else has seen this movie, but it's fantastic. Albert Finney is amazing. And uh, you get to see Sir Alec Guinness, uh, I think, before Star Wars, before he is Obi-Wan. So that's pretty cool. Um 
so Santa Claus is coming to town. It's kind of one of the whole pod of like, I don't know about you, Mark, but every year I watch Santa Claus is coming to town, Rudolph, Frosty the Snowman. Uh, you know, there was like all of those Christmas specials. My favorite one is Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, uh, I I was never really a fan of that. The whole heat miser, old man winner. No, okay, so the heat, they are two separate movies, point of order. The heat miser, snow miser movie is the year without a Santa Claus. Santa Claus is coming to town is the island of misfit toys. No, no, that's Rudolph. Rudolph. Red, no, Santa Claus is coming to town is the, there's like the ice guy and he has to like melt the ice guy and become friends with him and then he becomes Santa Claus. All right, well, I've never seen that. The year Without a Santa Claus is fucking awful. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to watch it for the first time this year. I've never seen it. It is so bad. <laughs> like, basically think of how bad that I thought the eggnog was going to be. That's how bad this movie is. Fair. Uh, my fourth one is actually my favorite movie of all times. It's The Nightmare Before Christmas, 1993. Really? You're going to list that as a Christmas movie? It's a Christmas and a Halloween movie. It, there's literally a... Pl- it happens on Christmas, and there's literally a part of the movie called Christmas Town. They literally kidnap Santa Claus. Who has to then save Christmas? Christmas, Christmas, okay. Christmas. I mean, Christmas Town were the villains. I'm just saying, but they were right. not. They were just a neighboring neutral territory. They totes the villains. I have thoughts. Uh, anywho, <laughs> my my last movie. It's not technically a movie, but it did come out this year. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's an adaptation of a YA book called. Um, I think the YA book is called Dash and Lily's. Uh, Notebook Dares or something like that. But the series is called Dash and Lily. It's on Netflix. It's uh, eight episodes. It basically comes out to the length uh, of like a uh, maybe like a short Lord of the Rings movie. Um, And it's about two teens who uh, are daring each other to do Christmas challenges through a notebook and fall in love. And it's all set in New York in the Strand Bookstore, which is my favorite place in New York. So... Uh, it's very good. Dash and Lily, go watch it. So it's a Hallmark movie. It is not a Hallmark movie. It's legit a Hallmark movie. Not everything that is gooey and romantic is a Hallmark movie. Good you forgot shallow in that description, but okay. <laughs> Dash and Lily is not shallow. Now, give us your Grinch picks. Uh, well, I mean, you know, really, when it comes down to Christmas movies, there's only one, and that's Die Hard. Um, it's not a Christmas movie. Oh, I'm sorry. If A Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Nightmare Before Christmas literally has Christmas in the name, is themed around the Halloween town people stealing Christmas. It's literally Christmas. Look, Die Hard just, just happens to happen at Christmas. Just because you're taking your Halloween movie... And claiming it's a Christmas movie doesn't mean, you know, that something that millions of people like, like Die Hard. I'm not saying, I love Die Hard. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I have even watched it at Christmas. It's not a Christmas movie. It's totally a Christmas movie. A Christmas movie implies a Christmas theme. It just happens to happen at Christmas. No, you have the whole ho, 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 I have a machine gun. Uh, He wears a Santa hat at one point. There's quite a bit of Christmas music in it. 
I believe one of the uh, naughty secretaries in the beginning party scene is dressed as an elf. Uh, you know, it, it's totally a Christmas movie. Uh, if I suppose if I had to pick a second one, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is pretty funny. It's up I'll, there. I'll sit down and watch it. I mean, it's not something I'll go and put on, but if it's on, I'll sit down and watch it. Um, and, you know, it's lame, but it's one of the few things that not even I can find fault with. Uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas, the original. Oh, it's so good. It's, it, 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 there's no real uh, major holes to pick apart. Not like something you mentioned earlier. Oh? Can we just take a moment or two here, and I only bring this up because I watched it relatively recently. The wife had me watch it with her. And can we talk about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? <laughs> I knew you were going to bring this one up. I shouldn't have opened the door. <laughs> More specifically, can we talk about one Santa Claus in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Now, I, I admit it. I think it was on TV about two weeks ago. Yeah, I think it was about two weeks ago. And I watched it with the wife. I had not seen it in, God, probably 15 years, probably before I went to college. So I was looking at it with new eyes. Santa Claus is a fucking dick in that movie. Okay. But to be fair, if Santa Claus wasn't like he is in that movie, there would be no point to the movie. Well, there would be just, literally no point to that movie happening. Can we just can we just go through the list here of, of transgressions of Santa in a 45-minute movie? Well, 44 minutes. It's an hour long. We're 44 minutes with commercials movie. Yeah. Uh, his opening song, where he's singing to Donner when Rudolph is just born, he implies that he holds some sort of gladiatorial fights amongst the reindeer and that you have to earn your place on the, the away team. Uh, then later on, when Rudolph's uh, condition, shall we say, is known, uh, he basically tells Donner to murder his only son. The elves now, wait, I'm pretty sure he doesn't say kill ya boy. I believe he tells him to abandon him, which for, you know, the 60s is basically saying kill ya boy. Uh, the elves sing him a song in the one part that they wrote for him, you know, that whole We Are Santa's Elves thing. And he just yells at them for no reason and leaves to the point that even Mrs. Claus is like, yeah, he's an asshole. I'm sorry. Uh, I have a headcanon <laughs> for that scene. And then when they get to the island of Misfit Toys, which is the second best part of that movie, there are two good parts of that movie, ladies and gentlemen. Number one is Yukon goddamn Cornelius. Yeah, of course. And number two is the island of Misfit Toys. Uh, but when they get to the island of Misfit Toys, the doll basically implies in the beginning that Santa is the reason that they're all there. And then at the end, Santa shows up and they're all like, oh my God, yay, Santa. Why? He was an asshole. He never reforms. <laughs> I my headcanon this is gonna sound kind of shitty but no pun intended but my headcanon is that he was just constipated that that entire scene while the albums are singing <laughs> now was he constipated or did he have diarrhea is that why you ran out <laughs> I, I I don't know I just had this headcanon as a kid that Santa was having a really hard time digestionally 
mean, that's that, why he couldn't eat later on in the movie. You know, that that, that brings me to a, a to an interesting point, too, that I didn't bring up. The fact that him and Mrs. Claus sit on actual thrones throughout that whole movie. But maybe they were actually toilets. You might be on to something <laughs> here. I mean, I love the Rudolph Christmas special. I mean, Santa's not the hero, though, right? Like, it's it's a it's a journey of self-discovery. You've literally got, like, I mean, uh, what's his name? Hermie? Hermie, the Hermie. dentist. Hermie, the dentist, is my favorite um, because uh, I will claim till my dying day that Hermie wanting to be a dentist and not fitting, fitting in was a uh, veiled allegory to uh, homosexuality. Um, so I, I love the idea of like Hermie and Rudolph going off on their own and just like figuring themselves fucking out. And then Yukon Cornelius just being like, whoa, dudes, hey, let's fight a Bumble. And Bumble's bounce, which is still one of my absolute favorite lines. I use it semi-regularly. <laughs> uh, one interesting thing, too, that just I noticed, and it really creeped me out uh, when I watched it two weeks ago, and it has nothing to do with, you know, Santa being a dick or underlying allegories or anything. It just it was a cheap way to animate things back in the day. But when you watch it again, take notice. I pointed this out to my wife, and she said it kind of ruined the whole thing for her. Hermie is the only elf with eyes. Oh, they all have, like, the black eyes, and he's the only one yeah. with, like, white. Yeah, yeah. It's so creepy. It, it is a little <laughs> bit creepy. And, I mean, I get it. They were just trying to save money on animation, which you can't really fault them for that. But, oh, it's just that that stuck out like a sore thumb to me, which I had never noticed as a kid before. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I you made a you made a joke about the Hallmark Channel, and like, there's so many non-Hallmark Christmas movies that I've never felt the need to dip into the Hallmark well. I don't know. I can't honestly say whether or not I've seen one. I don't recall seeing one. I don't think I have. I mean, maybe if if they ever got play on another network, maybe I did. I just love how it's basically a running joke now, number one. But number two, they're getting competition. It's not a Christmas movie, but did you see what Lifetime is doing? No. This, I, and my right hand to God, I swear this is true. When we're done recording, go online and Google this, ladies and gentlemen. This is 100% true. Lifetime is making an original movie uh, that is a pulp, you know, like one of those lady porn novels that you see at the grocery store. But the main character is a suave Latino Colonel Arlen Sanders. Oh, I did hear about this. <laughs> this is one hundred percent real. It's, like, and it's like funded by KFC. Like, there is a yes. KFC Lifetime movie coming. Yes, there is a KFC Lifetime movie coming, and it's basically to try to draw these midwestern forty-something-year-old wine-drinking moms away from the Hallmark Channel. Yeah, woof. I mean, I still like watching, like, you know, The Santa Claus and Jingle All the Way and, I mean, uh, Love Actually. <laughs> all the Christmas movies. Just all of them. You love Actually, but Die Hard is going to be the hill you die on. I mean, I'll still watch it at Christmas. 
I mean, we could technically, I could have technically have expanded my list to two. We could have gone Die Hard and Die Hard 2, but we don't talk about Die Hard 2. Okay, so listen. Nobody talks about Die Hard 2. Listeners, hit us up on social media. When you listen to this episode, let us know what you think. We're, we're at the Wit and Whiskey cast on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, comment on the post for this episode and tell us what you think. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I'm going to throw it into our group chat as well. Uh, we'll see what we'll see what the rest of Team Leroy thinks. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm going to get voted out universally. Well, we're going to find out in a few short moments. All right, so we did music, we did movies slash TV. What else you got? Well, the only thing I had left was um, Christmas traditions. Kind of takes us into what we're going to do for Christmas this year. But like what? What you know? If this weren't 2020, what would you? What would your family be doing in the next week? Uh well, like I said, we'd go to my grandmother's, do the seven fishes. We would go to my other grandmother's on Christmas Day, and we sort of exchange presents, uh, you know, all over the place. And I guess that's where you know I could jump in with my main Grinchy argument is just the overall commercialization of Christmas. Um, you know, it, it never ends basically from uh, Labor Day on. You know, there you have back to school sales and immediately there's Christmas candy. There's no Halloween anymore. Halloween used to be a thing back in my day. We don't even have Halloween movies anymore. DJ says they're Christmas movies. Uh, but we used I to could, have Halloween. I, Nightmare for Christmas is a Halloween and Christmas movie. It's a great way to transition. We used to have Halloween. We used to have Thanksgiving, which is a holiday that I actually enjoy, unlike Christmas. Um, we used to have New Year's. That used to be a holiday. Now it's just all Christmas. And it's just bye, 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 go, 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 you know, send Christmas cards. You know, the wife was upstairs two weeks ago writing Christmas cards. I don't even know who the fuck half these people were that I had to sign my name to. Maybe it was some big life insurance policy. Maybe she's going to push me down the stairs later. I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, but I was just signing and signing and signing and signing. We're getting Christmas cards from people I don't even fucking know. Why do, you know, what, why? What, what is the point of this? I, that, I, you know, that will be the one Grinchy thing I, I, I will say about Christmas is I don't, get Christmas cards. I don't yeah, I, get them. I uh, Holly and I will generally... I'm Honestly, it's all Holly. Holly will generally, like, send some cards to people if we can't see them uh, around the holidays. You know, this year she's she's sent some cards out, but, um, like, I, I don't get it. Like, we get, like, maybe a dozen or so Christmas cards, and I put them up in the fridge for a couple months or a couple weeks. Um... And then I'll be like, oh, it's not Christmas anymore, and I'll take them down. But it's like, I I feel like Christmas cards is kind of an older generational tradition. Like, I definitely don't find people our age sending them out quite as much. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the Maybe wife is older than me. Thing. I don't know. I, I, it might be a regional thing. They're still pretty big here. I mean, you were talking about hanging them up on the fridge. The wife actually bought a Chris, decorative Christmas card holder. Yeah which now takes up a good chunk of our uh, coffee table in the living room, and that she's been filling with the various cards that come in. Um, you know, so there's that. You know, there's, you know, buy presents for everybody and their brother. You know, oh, Joe Blow just had a new baby who's three months old. We have to run out and get him Christmas presents. Why? He can't even fucking open the presents. What, what, what is, what is <laughs> the point? And the thing that bothers me 
is isn't even the whole you know not participating to get a gift whatever. You know, people always say to me, "Oh, what do you want for Christmas?" I I, I don't want anything. I don't need anything. <laughs> you know, just get you know any just well. You want to give me something? Give me money in a card. Oh yeah, you can't give me money in a card. That is like the most insulting thing apparently. And it's like well, I I don't I don't need anything. <laughs> I don't want anything. If I want something, I go and buy it myself. That's what being an adult is. Yeah, I, I generally for for Holly and I, what what we try to do is you know is we try to get people things that we enjoyed in the past year that we think other people will enjoy. So you know, generally they're like books that we read, and we you know we'll we'll personalize them to be like. You know, oh, I read a good fantasy book. My fantasy book friend will probably enjoy this. Uh, I read a good sci-fi book. My dad might enjoy that, you know? And so we try to, like, pick things that we experienced that year to be like, hey, here's a little bit of, you know, what we did this year, and hopefully you like it. And, you know, I'm a big fan of, like, you know, now that I got into all the cocktail stuff, I'm, I'm... looking forward to like giving out some bottles of experiments that went well this year and, and crap like that. But, um, I, I really like the whole spirit of giving all of the, all of the shit that the commercialism tells you, you need to feel are just things that I just kind of like feeling. So I don't mind listening. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's fair. Uh, I, I will say, you know, after I just shit on gift giving, uh, you know, I didn't want to out him too much in the, the group chat because he, I'm sure, went way over our predetermined limit because that's <laughs> just the way he is. Uh, but my boy Lou hooked me up with a, a new decanter this year for Christmas, which was wonderful. So shout out to you, Lewis. Uh, there'll be pictures on the W&W website because it's going to be getting used uh, pretty hard for season two. Uh, although the wife isn't too fond of it because now every time I pour a drink, I just start singing. He has the whole world in his hands. <laughs> and she doesn't really like it very much. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I guess otherwise uh, traditions, I do like weirdly enough, and well, I guess it isn't weirdly enough because it is an old man hobby. I am very big into Lionel trains. <laughs> I, do like, I do like model trains, model railroading. Uh, and for years and years and years growing up, uh, I was only allowed to have them up around Christmas. I couldn't have like a dedicated display anywhere in the house. We didn't have enough room. Uh, then when I moved into my apartment, I actually had them up year-round for a while and realized how impractical that actually is. <laughs> so now we're back to, uh, you know, now that I'm married and everything, we're back to just having them up for Christmas. So I, I do enjoy putting them up. I do enjoy running them. But otherwise, bah humbugged all of it. That's fair. Yeah, we, we put up a Christmas tree every year. Um, due to the fact that I love Nightmare Before Christmas and everybody in my life knows I love Nightmare Before Christmas, about 80% of our ornaments are Nightmare Before Christmas oriented. So our tree is a little horrifying at first glance, but I love it. It's so, it's so much fun. It's kind of fun if you look at our Christmas tree because uh, when Annie and I first got together, uh, the first cre- Christmas, I actually was living by myself. I'm sure you'll be shocked to know. I didn't put up a Christmas tree. Of course you didn't. Um, And so the second year, uh, she had, I think, moved in. No, she hadn't moved in with me yet, but we were dating, and she was like, yeah, no, you're getting a fucking tree. I'm putting it up. Guess what? Uh, And, of course, we didn't have any ornaments, so we went to the dollar store, and we bought all these 
dollar store ornaments because we didn't really have any money for ornaments at the time. Um, and now, over the course of the last 13 years, we have such a hodgepodge. I mean, you have her stupid, expensive Lennox ornaments. Uh, I have a Superman and Luther that goes somewhere. Uh, there is the whiskey glass that she got me for Christmas one year. She has her penguins and her peanuts ornaments. Uh, my mother actually gave me the handmade walnuts. Uh, Little, it's supposed to be Leonardo from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but it's inside of a walnut, and a little old lady had made it for me when I was a kid. So that thing's like 30 years old. Nice. <laughs> so it's just such a cluster of random shit. That's awesome. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, I, as rough as this year has been, I'm kind of looking forward to having this year where we, we have to kind of stay at home because as much as I, I love seeing people and I'm going to miss people, we're generally running around and we're like 10 different places in like six days. Most years, you know, we're, we're going to see, you know, my mom, my dad, Holly's parents, my grandparents. Uh, you know, we, we generally see, uh, some friends here, some friends there. We'll hang out over here. We'll have this Christmas party there. And then we're back at our house. Generally Christmas day for us is like, we get Christmas morning to ourselves and then, you know, we go see my parents and her parents. We, you know, there's just it, it gets insane with the amount of travel we do in a week. So I'm I'm going to miss seeing people this year legitimately, but it will also be nice to be seeing them over Zoom instead of having, you know, all of the commuting this year. I like sleeping in because um, that was the one thing I actually for research for the show. I was talking to my mother and I had said, you know. We're doing this and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she said, no, you always were kind of a Scrooge. She said, you never really could be bothered. She said, a few times when you were very, very small, you'd get up about 6, 6.30 and run downstairs, she said. But that didn't last very long. And she even reminded me, half the time I'd want to sleep in 10, 10.30, 11 o'clock. And we used to go to 11.30 Mass and go right to my grandmother. So she would actually kick open my bedroom door and say, hey, asshole, are you going to go open your presents? Like, we have to go. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to sleeping in this year, <laughs> personally. That'll be good. Well, I guess, you know, we, well, I think we've, if my little clock here is right. I think we're running long. Uh, but, you know, to end it on a happy note, because even I know you have to end on a happy note. Yes. What was, as a kid now, you can't pick anything recent, as a kid, what was your favorite Christmas present you got? I think... Uh, I think it was in high school one year, my parents got me my first piece of furniture that wasn't a bed. They got me an easy chair for the living room. And it, oh, like, okay. I was still, I was still living at home. Like it, it stayed in my parents' house for like four or five years. And like, I just got up on Christmas morning and there was a new easy chair with a giant bow on it. And I'm like, Oh, who's that for? And they're like, you, you get a chair now. And I was like, this is amazing. And like, it was one of those, like, I had to take care of the chair, but I also could do whatever the fuck I wanted with it. Uh, if some one of my other siblings was sitting in it uh, when I got home from school and I wanted to be in it, I could kick him out. I could leave whatever I wanted on the chair as long as it didn't like spill out onto the floor. Uh, so it was just, it was like this unexpected but but wonderful gift. All right, that's pretty cool. What about you? 
Well, if you ask my parents, they'll tell you it was the year they got me an N64. Yeah. And that's bullshit. Because I had asked for an N64 for Christmas, you know, God only knows when. I think it was that summer. Uh, they said, no, we're tired of buying you video games, blah, blah, blah. I found the N64 in their house sometime around Halloween, and then they just lied about it badly for three months. <laughs> and then when I opened it, I was like, you guys said, they're like, oh, no, that wasn't the same one as was upstairs. I'm like, shut up. Just stop talking. <laughs> so, no. So that just pissed me off. But it probably was when I was younger. Uh, I want to say I was maybe like 11 or 12 or 13. They got me this thing, and I've tried Googling it, because, of course, it's what my mother saved everything except for this. This is one of the few things she gave away. Uh, you know how, like, uh, they make for kids, like, the Easy Bake Ovens and the, the Creepy Crawly Oven oh, yeah. things? Well, this was sort of like that, only it was a little bit bigger, and the whole gimmick with it was you made your own Hot Wheels. So you got these sheets of plastic. It came with these, pa- and you could buy booster packs of this, this plastic. And it came with molds for different bodies and whatnot. And you put the sheet of plastic in the mold, and you superheated this thing with a light bulb so the plastic melted around the mold. And then you popped it off, and then you had all these different chassis. So you could put, like, you know, a Camaro body on tank tracks if you wanted to or, you know, whatever. And then you painted it, and you had stickers on it. And this thing was the balls. But they didn't support it. I remember I was only able to buy refill packs for the the plastic like two or three times. And then they didn't make it anymore. But that thing was awesome. No one knows what the hell I'm talking about when I talk about it. Because I think I was the only person that had one. Um, The cars weren't really that great, to be honest with you. They fell apart pretty easy because the plastic was thin. But who cares? You just made more of them. That was the whole point of it <laughs> that's really cool so that was fun and if you have one of those somewhere uh you and know, you've got any extra plastic sheets and if you'd be interested in selling <laughs> you have our email address <laughs> <laughs> well mark i i want to end it you know you said happy note so you know buddy merry christmas this year has been awesome for us Yes, it really has. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Joyous Kwanzaa, Happy New Year to everybody listening. Uh, Hopefully you're still going to listen in 2021. We're going to be coming out hard in just a couple weeks. Yeah. So, uh, you know, basically as soon as you've digested all your eggnog and turkey, bam, we're going to hit you at season two. (laughs) I can't wait. Mark, why don't you take us out? Oh, Lord above. Okay, for... uh, DJ Gagnon, this is Mark Rossetti with the Wit and Whiskey cast. Thank you to Nuno Henry Silva, who you heard from in our most recent trailer. Yes. For our intro and outro, and he's going to be a big part of season two. Uh, we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We No, no, we're not on Twitter. What are we on? Instagram. We're on Facebook. <laughs> we're on Instagram. We're on Gmail. How the hell would it? Maybe 2021 will be on Twitter, too. What the hell? Uh, it's all the Wit and Whiskey cast. Uh E in whiskey, no H in wit. Don't do what I do. Yeah. Uh, every time. Every single bloody time. <laughs> and so uh, until next year, ladies and gentlemen, uh, salute. And cheers.